Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is Fabs here, along with the legendary King Bob Harrison. We're back. That's right. It's the Believe Fantasy Football Show, and we have got a lot to talk about. If you're listening to this program, either you made the fantasy football playoffs, so congratulations, or you just like to hear old curmudgeon guys talk about football. That would be Bob Harris. Bob, what's going on, brother? Hey, not much, man. Uh, I saw you were at an exciting ball game last night. Uh, like, uh, oh, once I again, talk about my Cowboys. Okay, uh, nobody wants to hear about that. Uh, the uh, the the NFL continues to uh, prove that it is the by design the most volatile uh, of all the sports. I mean, any given Sunday, any given Monday, this week, any given Saturday, we got a lot going on. We do. And uh, so I didn't really see much of that Giants-Packers game on Monday night because I was at Dolphins-Titans, which ended up being a fantastic finish because both games were garbage in the first half and in the right. second half, things really started to pick up. Do you know that Tommy DeVito has now scored more points than Patrick Mahomes in two of the last three weekends where both players have played? That's insane. Oh, um, and yeah. Jake Browning has outscored them both with his combined what? total 50 fantasy points, just like we all expected. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on uh, when we go through our must-starts or get smarts. But uh, first off, you know, all the major sports are in action this week, Bob, with the college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA. Bob loves the NBA. Upcoming fights and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. We are going to recap what happened on Monday night, and then we'll get ahead into the waiver wire, bobbing for bargains, and a whole bunch of other uh, nonsense here as we get into the first week of the fantasy playoffs. What did we learn on Monday night, though, besides the fact that the NFL is very volatile? We already knew that. Uh, We'll start off with the Titans. Well, Derrick Henry... Didn't have a lot of rushing yards, but he had a couple of touchdowns, put up a nice stat line. But, Bob, I think maybe even a bigger storyline is that the Titans are using Tajay Spears, and if they continue to utilize him like this, he's going to be fantasy relevant in the playoffs. Yeah, 45 to 36 snaps. I mean, like I do feel like there's something to the idea that Mike Brabel wants to lean on December Derrick, and we've got to remember there are two games against the Houston Texans, yes. a team in which uh, Derrick Henry is a majority owner of uh, it has been multiple 200 yard outings against that franchise. Just seems like he has their number. So that's something worth remembering. And like, I, but I think the good thing about this is it doesn't mean you have to dial back on Henry. It just means there's another piece that that's a viable option. And I think sometimes, you know, uh, we, we think as soon as somebody's cutting into our guy's workload or whatever, that they're, that both players are, are less useful. Look, we're at that point of the year where everybody who's got a legitimate role is going to have a use for you. The, uh, the rookie will Levis, he look, I mean, like, I mean, he's not putting up Stroud kind of numbers, but like, you know, you could tell he's got a lot of confidence in himself. Had a good game, 327. Uh, he threw that really bad pick six at the beginning of the game, got over it, led the Titans to an improbable victory. Uh, New Hopkins had a big game, seven catches, over 25 fantasy points. Uh, the Titans, who will be wearing the Oilers uniforms this week, which are some of the most glorious getups ever in sports, uh, will be hosting the Texans. Uh, and the Texans are hurting for certain among the injured players on the offensive side for Miami. I will say this. Uh, I have a lot of shares of Tyreek Hill when he went down and I saw the way that he was tackled and the defender came down on his ankle and it was right near where we were sitting. I 
and I'm not even a Dolphins fan. You know, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. You guys know that I stood up and I was like, no, like, you know, Darth Vader in mm. Revenge of the Sith. I'm like, I, cause I, I could tell he hurt himself. Right. Uh, but he did not have a big game. He was in and out of the game, uh, in the second half, four catches, 61 yards. Uh, we got to not have a big game. Still, still the, the, the dominant force in that receiving game. But I think that's the kind of the story is like without Tyree kill, that offense becomes, I mean, he is the straw that stirs yeah. the drink. He, you know, he, his absence is a limiting factor. So that's worth noting. I was really encouraging to see him get back on the field. You could tell when they confiscated his helmet and he was prowling the sidelines, searching for it, that, that he wanted to come back in, didn't know that he'd make it glad that he did. And hopefully, you know, with some extensive treatment, uh, he'll be ready to go for the next game. I think that's, uh, you know, going against the New York Jets, it's a tough matchup. They mm -hmm. will, you know, I think the Dolphins will be fine in that game, but for that offense to truly excel, and it's a great rushing matchup, but being able to have that uh, presence uh, that's like keeps the opposing defense very honest, right, is a good thing. Tua, who a lot of people, including myself, thought would have a really good game. The Titans were not good against the <laughs> pass coming in. He was lousy. He had nine points, uh, didn't have a touchdown pass. Uh, Jalen Waddle had a good game, you know, not great, but a good game. 13.7 points, had 79 yards in the game. His numbers have not been great lately. No. He's had like one big game. Uh, he's been under 15 points a lot in the last month and a half, but uh, you're, you'll, you know, you're going to continue to start him. He's got the Jets uh, this upcoming week, and he had a good game against them in the Meadowlands earlier in the season. Uh, the, for the for the Dolphins, the story outside of the, the injury to Tyreek was really the success on the ground of Raheem Mostert. Uh, who had 96 yards and a couple of touchdowns, outsnapped uh, Devon Achan 46 to 22 or 46 to yeah, 46 to 33. Excuse me. Um, and I think that was something that people were wondering about last week when it pertained to Mostert because uh, Achan had played a lot of the second half where <clears> Mostert didn't, but the Dolphins were were up big time um, in, in the previous game <clears> against the Commanders. So uh, I don't think there was really any concern I there, but. Uh, Mostert continues to be one of the three best running backs in fantasy football, Bob. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, you start looking ahead at this point, games against the Jets, who they will be able to run against the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens over the next three weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, I think one of those is a, is a decent matchup for the running backs. Uh, the Those final two are not are not the ones you want to maximize. I mean, not, not that you can't play these players, but watch it. Look, another thing, you know, that comes into mind is, our perceptions of how games are going to play out are, you know, we tend to overinflate everything we believe, right? Like if we think quarterback's not going to be good, we think the receiver's going to be horrible. If we see a great matchup, like sometimes it works out that way, but not every time. And, you know, Derrick Henry was supposed to get game scripted out of this game. He still pulls off the touchdown. So just keep in mind that our perceptions of things tend to get overblown in our mind as we overthink as fantasy managers, because it's part of our job. Yeah. And now we're going to be doing that even more with the playoffs here because, uh, as my pal Matt Money Smith would say, it's nut cutting time. Let's go to Packers Giants, which was another game that was kind of crap in the first half. I mean, there wasn't a lot of points scored. And then in the second half, we got a whole lot of production. Uh, but I got to say this Tommy DeVito, I got the fever. I got it, baby. And I'm a <laughs> Cowboys fan. Now listen, the Giants are no threat to my beloved. So, uh, but all of a sudden, Tommy DeVito is a thing. He's like the king of New York, New Jersey right now. Uh, no one saw the Packers going in and, and losing, and no one saw DeVito outscoring Jordan Love in the stat sheets. Both things <clears throat> happened on Monday night, Bob. Yeah, it, there was a lot of, you know, I was just surprised that the, I guess the pressure the Giants were able to get on Jordan Love was a limiting factor for him. 
Uh, but again, Jaden Reed comes through and this guy, uh, you know, uh, has proven he can do it through the air and on the ground as well. And just some interesting pieces on Tavian Wicks kind of being the direct replacement for, uh, for with Christian Watson out, ended up getting 44 snaps. Uh, so Reed's 47, Romeo Dubs 56. So, and Malik Heath, I was actually playing. Andy Barron's from Yahoo was playing Malik Heath against me in a Kings Classic League. Yeah, those things go deep. Uh, yeah, so he got into the end zone. And, and it's not like anybody put up huge numbers outside of Barkley in this game. Like Barkley was, you know, the big star with over 23 points, had a couple of touchdowns. But uh, on the Giants side, Wondell Robinson, six catches, <laughs> 79 yards, rushed for 36 yards, pretty damn good game, best game yeah. Might be of his career, uh, certainly of this season. Uh, Wondell Robinson and the Giants face the Saints next week in the Bayou. Are you buying on Robinson as a waiver wire ad? Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, we're at that point of the year where you're grasping for straws. He will not be one of the bobbing for bargains, uh, okay. uh pickups, but Intense. uh, but you know, he's probably deserves merit in that list, but I think you know. The way Tommy DeVito's been playing, I think some of these receiving assets are viable. Remember, Darren Waller eligible to come off IR this coming week, and we'll see what happens there if that changes the dynamic at all. But mm -hmm. for right now, they're only playing like four receivers, right? So, so it's a pretty narrow band to work through. And and the thing on you know both Barkley and Henry and and in the Dolphins backs as well, Mostert, I mean, they weren't running great. The the yards were horrible, but the touchdowns were touchdowns. saving graces, and that's always worthwhile. Yep, um, Jordan Love. Three straight games with over 20 fantasy points. It's 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 so crazy that, you know, you, you beat the Chiefs and then you lose to the Giants. I mean, that's just what the NFL is these days. Uh, right. Any trepidation in starting Jordan Love this week against Tampa Bay in what Chris Berman would say is the Bay of Pigs <laughs> matchup. Right. No, I'd probably, I'd probably be fine starting him. If I was in a position where I'd been starting him, I think this game was a little bit of an outlier. I don't know if the Bucs will get the same pressure on him, but they're such a good pass funnel defense that I'd be hard-pressed to stay away. All right, let's get into the injuries. And unfortunately, they just continue to pile up, especially at the quarterback position uh, where the biggest injury, well, there was two, Justin Herbert uh, suffered a fractured finger on his throwing hand. He is not going to play on Thursday night. The Chargers will go to Easton Stick, um, which again, I mean, that, that family should be in creating baseball bats or something because <laughs> it's the perfect name. Uh, Easton Stick will get the start for the Chargers against Aiden O'Connell. Prime video, you should ask for a refund from the NFL. You continue to get lousy matchups that don't involve my beloved Dallas Cowboys for the most part. So Justin Herbert, uh, the Chargers are not going to make the playoffs, Bob Harris. Uh, do, do we see Justin Herbert again this season? I don't think so. I mean, you know, the word is he'll need surgery and that'll determine the surgery will happen today and the Tuesday and that will determine, you know, whether he comes back at all this season. I'm guessing given their position, you know, in the, in the, in the postseason tournament, which is nowhere, uh, that he will not be back. And and I think the big question for fantasy managers is what, you know, what do I do with Keenan Allen? Uh, yeah, interesting time. conversation. Jeff Manns, uh, who I do the Sirius XM pregame show, uh, reminded us this weekend that, that like, this is a league where the quarterbacks who are attached to great receiving assets continue to fare well. You're seeing it with the Jake Brownings. Uh, Joe Flacco's got some good receiving assets that he's taking advantage of. The receiving talent in this league is is enough to carry quarterback play, right? So, or to drive quarterback play. So I wouldn't be dialed all the way back. I'm not going to go too deep and, you know, go crazy on this because I don't know what Easton Stick is, but I do know what Keenan Allen is, one of the most consistently productive players in the league. I'm guessing he'll be leaned on heavily. He's also banged up. So make sure you keep him tabs on his status before uh, the Thursday night game against the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Uh, another quarterback who had been playing very well of late, C.J. Stroud, suffers a concussion. Now, we have seen some players, Bob, come back the week after being put in concussion protocol. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Stroud plays uh, against the Titans. But uh, <clears throat> if he doesn't, I don't know that there's very many assets there on that Houston roster on the offensive side, especially mm -hmm. with Nico Collins going down as well, that we can trust. Yeah, there, there. I don't know that there would be any trustworthy assets. I mean, we all know what Davis Mills is. We've seen him, and he'll have spike games on occasion, but that's not the that's not his lane, right? Highly productive passing attacks. This might be a time to to dig a little deeper on the, or at least roll the dice on both running backs, mm -hmm. uh, Singletary and Damian Pierce. Are both seem to be having robust enough roles to to help us out. Moving on to the running backs, and this one also hurts. Josh Jacobs went down with a knee injury. Uh, I believe it was some sort of hyperextension. Um, short week. My guess is that he will not be able to go against the lightning bolts. Uh, are, are we into Zemir White, Amir Abdullah, both, neither? Um, I'd probably go with what if I, if I had them as direct handcuffs as they were, if they were my insurance policies, I don't know. The Josina Anderson from CBS sports is reporting. The Raiders have no plans to try out free agents, nor are they planning to elevate anyone from the practice squad. So maybe an indication that they think that, uh, that Jacobs has a chance to play. That'll be, that'll be one to watch the next couple of days. Short week, never doing really? anyone any favors on the injury front. Really could use that. Um, because we've already lost too many running backs, too many players this season. And, um, you know, we're in the playoffs. Uh, the problem is, you know, Jacobs is playing on a Thursday night. Is there any kind of limitations if he does go? Uh, we'll have all that information a little bit later on in the week. Alexander Madison also injured last week in that same game, three to nothing. How exhilarating. Uh, Madison uh, dealing with an ankle. Is Ty Chandler a startable asset this week if Madison can't go against the Bengals on Saturday? Yeah, I think so. And again, we got three Saturday games. So we'll, we'll be having a lot of, like you know, like nuanced decisions to make based on what available options are after the, after the fact, like if you're counting on guys on Thursday night and you can't play them, then you've got to measure in the Saturday games, kickoffs and for in Sunday kickoffs. So I do think that, that he would be, I'll, I'll just go back to that Raiders Vikings game. That was like the only thing worse than Mark Davis's haircut that that's ever happened. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he does have hair though, at least Bob. <clears throat> so uh, Nico Collins, <laughs> Uh, and any news on Nico because he went out with that calf injury really early in the game last week and never came back. Right. That's an injury that he's dealt with uh, at various times this year and calves can be very tricky. So I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have high hopes for him coming back. And again, if he does, we'll be likely the possibility of dealing with uh, Davis Mills is not a good sign either. So I'm a little bit concerned about this whole thing. There comes a point and I, you know, like let's say CJ Stroud comes back. There's a point I'm concerned where his diminished receiving core becomes an issue for him, which I think, you know, mm -hmm. we can look at Sunday's game against the Jets. Oh, it was a horrible matchup. Oh, the weather was horrible. I don't know that those were the factors that were limiting him uh, as much as maybe the lack of talent around him with is, is more players leave tank Dell out for the year as well. Yeah. It's hard to lose your top two wide receivers in back-to-back -back weeks and expect an offense to continue to put up uh, bananas numbers. All right. It's the time you've all been waiting for Bobbin for bargains. Hey, we're mm. in the fantasy playoffs and uh, the waiver wire is still very important to our chances of getting to the top of the mountain. Uh, are there any bargains, Bob, that we um, should be looking for this week? 
there are two that I'm looking at. One that doesn't have as great a matchup as the other, but I'll start out with Parker Washington, who looks like he could be a direct replacement for Christian Kirk. He's running out of the slot. He's a bigger body guy, 210 pounder, you know, not one of the smaller, more slender players. Uh, but the targets have been there. Touchdown came in the game against Cleveland. I think the offense, you know, has been struggling a little bit, but uh, and they faced the Ravens this week. But I do think over the last two games, ever since Kirk's been hurt, Washington has proven to be the direct replacement for him. And he's not Christian Kirk, but he's, but he's damn near that for fantasy purposes uh, if he keeps scoring the touchdowns. The other one is Demarcus Robinson. I mean, you're going to find him. He's like, I think, 1% rostered. He's got 15 targets over the last two weeks. He plays with Matthew Stafford, who can still sling it, and seems really confident in slinging it to uh, to Robinson. And, I, you know, he has the 15 targets and not as many catches, but, but Stafford's throwing to him in contested situations in the end zone. So they face the Washington Commanders this week, though. So if you're in a super bind, uh, it's a great matchup. The commanders, the defense has surrendered the most passing touchdowns. They've given up 30 passing touchdowns and the second fewest interceptions. Uh, so don't be surprised if you see a little more Robinson, especially with Tutu Atwell a little bit nicked up. A lot of Rams uh, are going to be active this upcoming weekend against the commanders. We'll get into that on Thursday uh, for stardom and sit uh, Some of the other big name waiver wire ads that you're going to want to target. We'll start off the quarterback position. Jake Browning, two straight games with over 20 fantasy points. Uh, he's got Minnesota this week, so uh, Minnesota's defense has played certainly better than I think we all projected this season. So uh, Jake Browning with those weapons, let's hope he gets the ball to Jamar mm-hmm. Chase a little bit more often. Uh, Jake Browning is going to be in the mix. Joe Flacco also right off the couch and into your starting lineup. I mean, why the hell not? Uh, I mean, the, uh, the Browns uh, offense looks much better with him. Amari Cooper had a big game last week. Uh, Elijah Moore, maybe not so much, but David Njoku uh, certainly put up huge numbers and uh, we, from a fantasy perspective, want Flacco in there and not Dorian Thompson Robinson. We are getting our wish this week. They've got the Bears coming Reasonable up. matchups going forward until the Jets at the end of the season. Then he, he played for the Jets. He's worked against this defense. So if mm-hmm. nothing else, he knows what he's up against. Uh, the running backs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be out there in some leagues. He's about 51% owned on Yahoo. I know he didn't have a great game last week, but as long as Isaiah Pacheco is out, Edwards Alaire is probably going to lead that backfield in snaps. I don't know about touches. He did lead in touches this past week. We'll talk about that in a second, but he's going to be worth a look. Bob mentioned Zamir White uh, as a potential replacement there for Josh Jacobs. If Jacobs is in fact out. So we'll have to keep tabs on the status of Jacobs here in the next couple of days. We also mentioned Ty Chandler, uh, only 22% ownership on Yahoo. If Alexander Madison is out, Chandler is going to be in that RB two flex conversation. Uh, Chase Brown the last two weeks has looked really good. They're getting him touches. They're getting him open. They're getting him opportunities uh, in open space. And he has really made the most of it. Had that long catch and run for a touchdown last week that really helped bolster Jake Browning's stat line. So that was, uh, that was, well, let's put it this way for those of us who started Jake Browning and I did in a couple of leagues. Uh, I was very happy about that. Wide receivers, Bob. Noah Brown is still out there. And I know he hadn't done anything his last two games, but if Collins can't play this week and they've already lost Tank Dell, somebody's got to catch the damn ball uh, for the Texans. So he's going to be worth a look. OBJ, who was one of my favorite bargains in DFS last week because revenge. Um, Now he's got a really good matchup against Jacksonville. So this is a good spot for OBJ. He looked good. I had a couple of plays, throws downfield where he Mm -hmm. had to adjust and, reposition himself to make the cat. He looked good. Um, and you know, he's Odell Beckham jr. So in a really nice no, target share as well. So he's right. He's no stranger to putting up good numbers. 
Curtis Samuels worth an ad coming off of the bye week for the commanders against the Rams. I think that could be a high scoring game. And how about Zay Jones? Now I know he only had 7.9 points last week. He had 14 targets, Bob Harris. Yeah, no, I'm totally on board. Like, by the way, Trevor Lawrence, uh, congratulations to that young man for being some kind of alien. Uh, Dude, he's like Gumby, man. I mean, what the heck? Do not see a lot of players bouncing back from those high ankle sprains <laughs> days after suffering them to, to make it through a whole game against a really tough defense to put some serious pressure on them. I think there's some interesting things about that. I think Zay Jones probably and Parker Washington both seem to have better chemistry. Although I'll go back to the, the week when two weeks ago when Lawrence was hurt, he was hurt when Parker missed a hot read, right? So, so there's that, but, but Calvin Ridley is like totally not on the same page as Trevor Lawrence. And you can see the frustration boil over in that game where he was actually telling him, you've got to be looking when I'm throwing the ball and things like that. So Zay Jones <laughs> that would be a good definitely, thing, right? has some, definitely has some chemistry. Yeah, no question. And Zay Jones, I mean, people forget he had a good year last year. I mean, it wasn't game against your beloved. Um, and, and, and what team drafted him, Bob Harris? Do you remember? remember? No, I don't. Uh, who are they playing this week? Was it the Buffalo? Bills? That's right. Revenge game, baby. Come on, That's man. Right. We're all in. We're <laughs> You're not in on the revenge game narrative for Zay Jones? Not as much as you. No? No. I'm never in it as much as you, though. I'm trying to remember when he was drafted. Uh, I, I've got to I've go Zay back. Jones, Buffalo, then the Raiders, and then the Jaguars, right? That's his career path. So Let's multiple see. opportunities for revenge games. So, so Jay was, Zay was not a Raven. That's right. Zay, Zay was no. not a Raven. He played for Buffalo. He was a Raider. He was a Raider. That's right. Buffalo Bill, not, then a Raider. Then Raider, a not a Raven. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so that, that's my bad. I got my my RA teams goofed up. But still, Zay Jones is a very rosterable player right now uh, and even potentially startable in what could be a high-scoring game against Jacksonville. Uh, let, let's look at the backfield usages from uh, this past week. And some of these just continue to dumbfound me. Some of them continue to confuse me and others. I mean, it's a week-to-week sort of scenario. The Ravens, though, Bob, really interesting. We talk about Baltimore here playing against Jacksonville uh, on Sunday night. Gus Edwards is typically the guy that we're starting out of this backfield. He was the least uh, uh, prolific in terms of snaps, 19. Keaton Mitchell had 25, and Justice Hill had, what, 29? he's so, the fly in the ointment here right are we, the, are, are we just off of raven's backs right now i mean it was a nice run by gus edwards <laughs> he was getting into the end zone are we off on him now it's it's, it's kind of over i think so i mean I, but i think he's always been the guy where when the touchdowns aren't there he's you know outside the flex range just uh, in terms of his workload and rushing he's got to get that in his the you know the bandwidth of his workload isn't great enough that you should expect continued pr- touchdown production he kept getting it but expecting it seemed like a bit of a reach. So I, you know, expecting you going forward. Look, he's a warm body in an offense that runs the ball a lot, has a lot of rushing touchdowns. He's one of the reasons why. Uh, so I mean, it's not like he's unplayable, but you have to set your expectations accordingly and use him in places where, where maybe that's what you're after. Maybe more of a home run swing. Uh, the Panthers continue to utilize Chuba Hubbard. He had 62 snaps played last week. Miles Sanders only 17. I'm guessing. Miles uh, the tried Panthers, though. I'm, I'm guessing. Nice the, I'm guessing the Panthers are having a little bit of buyer's remorse um, as. They are uh, working on my outside landscape here real quick. So we may want to clip this out, um, Toss. (laughs) Um, All right. uh, I'm going to go back to this in three, two. So the the Panthers definitely have buyer's remorse with Miles Sanders because he's just not that good of a running back. Uh, Not even rosterable right now, unless you're trying to handcuff Chuba Hubbard. 
And it wasn't like Hubbard had like a massive stat line this past week, but that volume is just <clears throat> huge. Yeah. And he's got a bad matchup this week too, but the volume is going to direct you to play him. Well, you've got to imagine that in, on this offense, I mean, are they going to rely on Bryce Young or they do they want to get that kid killed? I mean, he's been sacked uh, uh, far too many times already. I mean, they're still going to obviously throw the ball, but I think we saw late last season with this team, that offensive line was built to run the ball. They went to more of a power rushing attack to end the season last year. I'm guessing we'll see more of the same this year. And by the way, Miles Sanders had a couple of nice runs, uh, but not the $6 million runs that uh, they were counting on. Yeah, yeah, getting paid a lot of money to be very mediocre. Um, De Deontay Foreman. It was funny, uh, this Bears backfield situation, I, I remember we, we uh, Lindsay and I were texting with Stacey Dales um, and asking her, and, you know, Stacey was like, I I'm not sure. I mean, it could be Khalil Herbert. Even the beat reporters have no idea who the hell the Bears are going to go with it, in the backfield on a regular basis. It ended up being Foreman, who had 38 snaps, led the backfield. Roshan Johnson was, was second with 20. Khalil Herbert was a distant third, but do you feel any confidence in starting Foreman, especially this week against <clears throat> Cleveland? No, I feel no good. You know, murky three-man committees are not the things I want to invest in and because they could shift any given week. You know, somebody gets a hot hand that you don't expect to get a hot hand. I do mm -hmm. think it's funny because I talked to Hub Arkush from Pro Football Weekly going into the season and to him, his view watching the players practice, Deontay Foreman was the clear-cut best running back in his mind, right? Mm -hmm. But he saw, and it's funny how it's kind of starting to, Took a little time, but it's starting to play out that way. And but but you really can't tell with running backs because that is you know we talk you know look at the Chargers or you know going into this game talking about playing the hot hand. I mean, we all know how that goes. You try to go with a guy that's going to get the ball first. That's the logical progression. He has the first chance to get the hot hand. If he gets it or not, though, you'll never know until the game's going on. Yeah. Um. So Foreman is the guy to roster there. He could be out there on the waiver wire in some leagues because Roshan Johnson uh, was the team leader in terms of the backfield touches the week before the bye. Uh, and uh, Foreman may have gotten released. Next up, the Lions, and this just continues to go back and forth and back and forth. Uh, David Montgomery, 23 snaps. Jameer Gibbs, 40, 41 the week before. Montgomery had more snaps the week before. Gibbs had more snaps. Uh, I think this is a game script kind of thing. The Lions were behind in this game. Uh, Gibbs is the better of the two pass catchers. They basically split the touches down the middle, uh, and I like both backs this week against the Chicago Bears, especially Montgomery, because it's a revenge game, Bob Harris. I like both backs too. I mean, I think you play, you know, there's another case. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, you know, you're going to play, you're, you're going to play whichever one you have. And you have both of them. Like I could see circumstances where you played them both on the same roster. Uh, Devin Singletary got to start over Damian Pierce. He played 32 snaps and Pierce had eight. This was a week after Pierce had more touches and red zone opportunities and fantasy points. So that clearly the Texans uh, do not like our fantasy football teams. They hate us uh, because they're confusing us. Uh, on a regular basis over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Texans have the Titans coming up next. Not a great matchup. Not playing either one of these guys with any kind of confidence. Now the Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the ad. He had 32 snaps played in 13 touches. Both led the team. But Jared McKinnon had 30 snaps, which is not far off the CEH, and he only had seven touches, but he scored a touchdown. Uh, moving forward, if Isaiah Pacheco cannot play, they're going against New England this week. It's a really bad matchup. Uh, who are you playing, McKinnon or CEH? I think you're going by anticipated game script. If they're run, playing from behind a little bit, you're going to expect to see a lot more McKinnon, and maybe right. they can keep a manage a lead and keep the game in a manageable spot. Maybe we'll see CEH, CEH use more like Isaiah Pacheco was, although you should not expect those same results that Isaiah Pacheco got with his turns. Philadelphia, DeAndre Swift, 27 snaps. Ken Gainwell, 25. I mean, it was just basically down the middle. Uh, Swift had more touches, 11 to 4. Swift has been awful for the better part of the last month. 
Uh, he's had one game in, in double digits, and that is it. Bob Harris, he's got Seattle this week. On Monday night, they are <clears> awful <throat> against running backs. Is this the week DeAndre Swift gets back in our good graces? I don't know that it is, right? I mean, you know, yeah, I think people who have him are still leaning towards playing him because they're still hoping for early season DeAndre Swift to show up. I don't think that's a safe gamble, even in great matchups. Uh, you got to remember Jalen Hurts is the primary goal line back now, and maybe Kenneth Gaywell is second on that list. Um, we Look, we've seen Swift have great success at times. It just hasn't happened in a while, and I think there's multiple reasons for it. You should probably be looking for other options, and if you have them, I would probably rather play them. If you're like sitting there and there's injuries and attrition, you know Swift, is it's a pretty, it's a pretty consistent workload. What he does with it is what's not been good. Uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren continue to split the backfield work for Pittsburgh. Neither had much success this past week against the Patriots. Uh, Najee had 15 touches compared to Warren having 11. Uh, they both basically played the same number of snaps, 39 to 37. Mm. They've got the Colts this week. It's a really good matchup. Do you start both? Yeah. I, yeah, another case where you play the one you have and you're hoping with, uh, you know, Mr. Trubisky back in at quarterback. You hope he improves a little bit, number one. But also, uh, if he's not improving, you're leaning on the rushing attack pretty heavily. So maybe a good week for Najee. A final backfield to look at this week, Seattle. Ken Walker came back. Zach Charbonnet was able to come back and play um, after missing time the previous week. Walker got the start and played 33 snaps. Charbonnet had 24 <clears throat> snaps played. But the touches were almost split down the middle, 12 to 10. Um, it Neither one of these guys is attractive against the 49ers, uh, or excuse me, um, against the uh, who's Seattle playing this week? Philadelphia, Bob? Philadelphia, excuse me. Um, so yeah, neither of these backs very, very um, attractive. Are you are you playing Walker this week? Are you playing Charbonnet this week? Are you going to avoid this backfield altogether if possible? If I had to pick one, I, it it would be it would be Walker. I think he's more of a home run threat, and uh, I do think maybe his usage will increase. I you know I thought the snap share was great. I think the actual usage, uh, you know, the number of carries and touches he gets will increase as well. All right, a lot of confusion there with the backfields. A lot of confusion with some of our superstars also. So uh, of course we always like to end the Tuesday program with it. Uh, exhilarating edition of must start or get smart. I feel like we need music for that one too, Todd. Da, da, da. I don't know. I, we got to come up with a jingle or, you know, maybe like some heavy metal in the background, you know, must start da, 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 or get smart. Um, that's me playing my, don't outsmart. That's the real thing. <laughs> All right. Th this is the big one, man. Patrick Mahomes. Is he still a must start or do you get smart? And then I've got a question for you, Bob Harris, after you give me this answer, because there's only one, there's only one correct answer here. You get smart. Thank you, you. You're, you're look, you look at the total, you look at the point scored. I mean, the teams have not been consistently productive and they've been horrible in the second halves of games. They're not making great decisions from the coaches down to the quarterback, down to the players uh, associated with the quarterback. Apparently not all of them know where the line of scrimmage is. So, uh, not to open that can of worms, but yeah, it's not been great. So you're looking at your options. Matthew Stafford or Patrick Mahomes this week. Mm, I mean, that's, it's such a great matchup. Uh, you know, this is one where you might outsmart yourself. I mean, generally speaking, I want to have a depth chart and I want to have my better players. I would probably outsmart myself on this one. Yeah. Um, uh, I am starting my initial rankings today and I think Stafford's going to be ahead of Mahomes, and I don't care. Um, I I've been telling people Mahomes is not a must start for, um, a month and a half, and um, he, he hasn't been. I'm sorry. When Tommy DeVito is outscoring you on the reg, you ain't a regular fantasy starter. 
uh, no matter where you were drafted. Tua Tungavaloa, bad game against the Titans, bad matchup against the Jets. Must start or get smart? Uh, get smart. I think I think that's where we've been with him for a little while, though. I mean, if it looks like a favorable or a pass funnel kind of defense, then yeah, go ahead and play him. Look, any week you had to play him, you're going to be fine because he plays with a guy named Tyreek Hill, and he's very good, and he's liable yeah. to do crazy things that drive to his numbers. But but like, yeah, you he's a he's been a player where all season long you should be looking at the matchups. Yeah, hold on, dude. I, I don't know why. All right, okay. Sorry, I, like it's ridiculous today. Um, okay. Uh, in three, two. All right, man. Next one up. What the hell's going on with Zach Moss? Two games where, <laughs> I mean, we really thought he was going to be a very productive option for our fantasy lineups. Two games where the snaps have been there, the touches have been there, but production has not been there. So is Zach Moss still a must start now? Or do we, you know, think about just playing the matchups with him? I think there are not a lot of running backs who are getting like uh, close to 100% of the running back touches for their respective teams and, uh, you know, 90 plus percent of the snaps. So, I'm probably still playing him based on those underlying numbers and hoping he can regain the pass form. But again, it's going to depend on your options. So uh, I guess it's it's a get smart, but you know, getting smart also means having players that allow you to get smart. So that's part of the equation. James Conner, last game, uh, we saw him play against the Steelers, had a massive game, uh, over 20 fantasy points. He's got the Niners this week, though, Bob Harris. Must start or get smart at a fifth Get position. smart. Get yeah. smart. Play the matchup. Same with Ken Walker, right? Against, yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, when you've got Philadelphia's defense staring you down the throat, I mean, that's that's a brutal matchup. So, yeah, here, here's here's a couple of tough ones. Assuming Justin Jefferson plays this week, Bob Harris, must start or get smart. He's a must start. He's just he's he is still Justin Jefferson. Cincinnati's not like the all imposing matchup. So it's maybe I think it through a little more if it's the quarterback situation. Like I'm hoping it's not Josh Dobbs. It's not been good for him. Oh dude. I mean, Nick Mullins has got to be the quarterback there. The, the, the pumpkin, uh, the, the pumpkin there for uh, Joshua Dobbs. Let's just say uh, there's no carriage anymore. He is, he is back to being that pumpkin. Uh, finally, Devonte Adams. I mean, Devonte Adams was, in my bust list in the preseason, I didn't want to believe it. And then maybe I didn't really believe it, but he has been a bust uh, based on where you drafted him. Uh, he's got the lightning bolts this week on Thursday night football with Aiden O'Connell throwing him the, the rock Devontae Adams the matchups, right? But he hadn't been great. Must start or get smart. I'll be starting him. I mean, he's not a must start, but he's a start. Uh, yeah, and maybe we see a quarterback change. I don't know if it'll be for the better, but it's entirely possible. They're looking at that very closely. It's not been good for Aiden O'Connell. Um, so, but yeah, you know, sometimes you play the best player when the matchup is favorable and, you know, less than ideal quarterbacks are not like having no quarterback. Look at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett this past week playing with yeah. Drew Lock. Yep. So good things can happen. All right, one more. We'll throw in one more. Calvin Ridley. Uh, you mentioned it doesn't seem to be on the same page as Trevor Lawrence, even as we get into week 15. Uh, you know, the Jaguars obviously down Christian Kirk. Uh, the matchup seems to be okay this week, right? I mean, like you've got the Ravens who just gave it up to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua last week. Uh, is this a must-start scenario or should you get smart with Calvin Ridley? You should get smart. You should be checking your options. I mean, you might outsmart yourself in that case. I mean, maybe you're thinking about him or Drake London, and you're going to look at last week's Drake London game. Is it going to be this week's Drake London game against Carolina? I don't know. Um, but but I think those are the kind of decisions that you know are you definitely need to get smart and compare your options and look at the matchups closely. All right, Bob Harris, the best in the business, uh, the legendary king. Always a pleasure, my friend. You know, you, you talk about 
loving the one that you're with or playing the one that you love Don't or whatever you're talking about that. Bob Harris, Careful. I love being with you, pal. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Go get some Kleenex, man. I know there's a tear in your eye right now. Uh, Toss, always a great, great show with you behind the virtual glass. We will be back on Thursday to break down uh, Easton Stick against Aiden O'Connell. I can't wait for that one. That's going to be somebody. grand. I mean, what's worse, that one or last week with Trubisky and Zappi? And guess what? Trubisky and Zappi both scored over 20 points uh, as as they, the line from uh, one of the greatest shows of all time, Games of Thrones, you'll remember. You know nothing, Jon Snow. And I, <laughs> I'll just be here to comment on Mark Davis's haircut. Yeah. <laughs> so we will be talking to you guys next week. Make sure you tune in. TNF preview. We're going to preview week 15. We're going to get you through the first round of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, thanks for listening to the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online. For Bob Harris, I am Fabs. We are out. Uh-huh.